<clears throat> well, good morning. I'm Brandon Fredenberg, and I'm the academic chair of the College of Biblical Studies and the Department of Biblical Studies, and I'm glad to be with you this morning. This morning is the beginning of two sessions. One is next Thursday, and uh, we're going to talk about God's will, God's will in your life and my life. And um, this morning, I just want us to look at some difficulties um, and some corrections to those. Next week, we'll look at some practical applications for seeking wisdom. We begin with a quote Perhaps you've heard it before from Augustine in the, um, in the fourth century. Lord, you have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it finds rest in you. If you felt the restlessness, then you know what this is talking about. And my guess is it has driven you at times to ask God what's up, to ask God what he wants from you and your life. I want to tell you why I think the effort to seek God's will is worth it. It begins in God, and there are four reasons that, that win me over, and I'll share them with you. And in fact, what we're going to look at today may go quickly, um, and you're free to ask me about it later or email me, but um, I'd just want you to keep up because there are a number of things that, um, that you may hear that's new. Why seek God's will? Because God, who is love, created us to live fully in his own joy, love, and goodness. And he wants us to delight fully in him and in others through that love. More than that, God knows us entirely, even better than we know ourselves. He knows our dreams, our aspirations, our fears, even those that we don't know ourselves. Who better then, who better then than to Seek out God who calls us to let him guide us in his relationship, in relationship with him. But to do this, first we've got to clear away some difficulties. There are some real frustrations whenever we try to find God's will for me. And those frustrations, I think there are four of them and we'll look at them more carefully. The first has to do with um, what God is like. And the second has to do with what God plans for us. And the third is how God makes his will known to us. And the fourth is why. Why does God make his will known to us? So to begin with, knowing God's will for me is frustrating sometimes because of my mistaken idea of what God is like Sometimes we think that God is angry with us. I've heard it put like this. It's like he's punishing me with silence despite all my efforts. And maybe you've felt that way. But I want you to know this scripture. This scripture 
is my paraphrase. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. And here's how it goes. God brought about a new creation through Christ. We who are in Christ perceive God differently than we did before. He is a compassionate, gracious, forgiving God. We teach that in Christ, God has changed our hearts toward him. And we teach that he does not count people's trespasses against him. And we also teach that he has told us to preach this message. So, Paul says to the Corinthians, let your heart be changed toward God. The correction here is that God is for us, no matter what we may feel. And if I can borrow from 1 Corinthians 13, God keeps no record of our wrongs. A second reason why knowing the will of God for our life can be really frustrating is because we have assumptions about what God plans for us. Many of you may have grown up with the notion that God has a unique plan for your life individually from other people. And in fact, we've got a song that says so. I'm not going to sing it. That is the Lord's will for us today that I not sing for you. But it goes, I have a future. God has a plan for me of this I'm sure and we will often use, and maybe you've heard it, we'll often use Jeremiah 29, 11, and we'll quote it, maybe even write it down and put it by our mirror or somewhere where we see it frequently. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. There's just a problem with this promise verse um, because the use in it, well, they're not singular, they're plural. See, God was West Texan. I know the plans that I have for y'all. Yes, and in fact, this verse has a context that's only 2,600 years old, and it goes something like this from Jeremiah 29, 1 through 11. These are the words of the letter Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, plant gardens, take wives, marry off your children, seek the welfare of the city, and after 70 years, I'll bring you back, for I know the plans I have for y'all, declares the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give y'all a future and a hope. And unless you're 2,600 years old... This is not a promise verse to you. It is a promise verse and it shows God's faithfulness to ancient Israelites. So here's the correction for us. I think we can say it this way. God cares what we choose. But God does not have some secret script for the details of your lives. Some of you may hear that and it may unsettle you. I understand but bear with me, there's more. And I think what I'll offer and what I'll suggest is even better. A third reason, third mistaken assumption is how God makes his will known. I've met with a number of students and asked this question when they've said, what's God's will for my life? And they say that God reveals his will for me. 
when I ask and obey in faith, and I always tell a story, I'm reminded of this, um, it's the story of a rejected marriage proposal in what I call Bible roulette. It goes like this. A young man had been dating a young woman for a while, and he was certain she would say yes. So he asked to marry, and she said, no. And you feel sorry for the guy, right? He did the only thing that he knew to do. He ran back to his dorm room and he took his Bible and he was seeking guidance from the Lord the only way he knew how. What I call Bible roulette or you might call it the stab and read version. You put your Bible closed, you throw it open, you stab your finger on the page and you read what's there. And the first thing that he read was from Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Sounds good. So he continued, Lord, I need your guidance. I don't know what to do now. What's my life going to look like? And so he did it again. And we come to James 1, 6. The person who asks something from God should ask in faith without doubting. And he goes, I don't doubt. I don't doubt. Lord, show me what my future is. I don't know what it's going to be like. Close, open, stab. Acts 12, 23. <laughs> oh, it's worse. An angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give glory to God. And he was consumed with worms. And he breathed his last and died. You can imagine this is very disconcerting to the fellow. And so he, he prays, Lord, give me some guidance here. And so close, open, stab. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 6. On the evidence of two or three witnesses. Yes, two or three witnesses. And then he kept reading. Let a person be put to death. Oh, Lord, this is not going the way I thought it would. Can you please help me out? Close, open, stab. Luke, yes, Luke, chapter 1, verse 38. Mary, Mary to Gabriel. Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me as you have said. <laughs> Poor fellow is despondent. Close, open, stab. Psalm 37, verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Well, that's where the story ends, thank goodness. But this way of seeking guidance from the Lord, I'll admit I've done it before. Perhaps you've done it too, but it's not very useful, is it? It can just go in the wrong direction. So there's a correction here. We'll look at it in a moment. Here's how I've talked with people and here's what they've said. They've said that it's like playing solitaire with a deck of 51. Or it's like trying to put together a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle with no edge pieces and no picture to go from. Seeking the will of God that way is just so terribly frustrating. I always wonder what God is not telling me. But there is good news. Hebrews 1 tells it this way. Long ago, in many times and in many ways, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. Doesn't this sound like the jigsaw puzzle 
way of going about things. But now, the writer says, but now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed as the heir of all things, through whom he created the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of his nature, and he sustains the universe by his powerful word. Stop and think about that for a moment. Just don't let it go by you. The Son of God is sustaining even now, moment by moment, the universe that you and I live in, the heartbeat, the breath that goes on. He is sustaining this himself. And we are part of his sustaining. So if there is a correction here, it is this, that God has revealed his will for us, for all things, in a final way, in his son, who is the creator, the heir, and the sustainer of our entire universe. And more importantly, of you and the person sitting next to you and of me. There's a fourth mistaken way. It is an understanding of why God shares his will with us. Maybe, maybe you've thought about it this way. I've got to know God's will for me because I don't want to miss his purposes for my life. I want to live in the center of God's will. And yet, having sat with a number of people over the years hearing this, I ask them, how's that working for you? And usually I'll get a response like this. If I'm honest, there's a lot I'm not sure about. Even if I say I know what God's choices for me are, but I don't want my doubts to cause others to stumble. What's wrong with me? Why don't I know for sure? I understand. But I want to point you to a passage that I think will give you great hope. In fact, even as I was preparing for this, I saw something that I had not seen before. It comes from Romans 8. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, he works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that's what we want, isn't it? We don't want to miss God's purpose for us. And yet the very next verse tells us what that purpose is. You're not going to miss it. Are you listening? Are you reading? It says this, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined, it's in God's hands, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. This is your purpose. This is my purpose. And the corrective here, there are two things. And the first is what I had not seen before. And that is the spirit prays for us according to the will of God. It is not my job to labor over and to sweat and cry that God will somehow give this to me. The Spirit's already at work doing this. You can put your faith and trust in the Spirit of God for this. But more than that, God's purpose for everyone's lives is identical. 
if you love God, everything, it says, will work out together for good. You may not see it at the time, but God's purpose for us is identical, and that is to be conformed to the image of his son. Just think about Jesus for a moment. Jesus trusted his father completely, even when things were surprising, even when he didn't understand, like in the garden. And so I want to leave you in a similar place to where we began. Augustine's quote. Only now I want to quote Jesus. It's a passage you're familiar with. So again, another paraphrase. Come to me, Jesus says. All of you who have tried and failed and are frantic that you have missed out on life in God, I will calm your restlessness. I will teach you God's way of life. Learn from me. I'm a gentle, compassionate teacher. You will find rest, I promise. My teaching is easy to practice. And my instructions are not hard to carry out. This is where we go to know the will of God for our lives. But my time is up. Join us next week where we pick up from here and talk about seeking and living in the way of wisdom as we follow Jesus. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ take the words that I've said and put them in your heart in exactly the place they need to go. Amen. You are dismissed.